and welcome to Sinescapades, a chronological journey through the North American Super Nintendo Library. Three games at a time. We play them briefly, judge them harshly, and rank them. And, oh my lord, ME Zero, what is that game over there? That's the Simpsons Bart's Nightmare Steampunk Link. We are going to play it for today's show. Simpson, eh? Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to stop doing that voice now. That was good, though. Oh, thank you. That was a sustained impression. That was that was very impressive. I was able to do that one a lot longer than I could do Krusty. <laughs> Put it that way. Yeah, Krusty really ate up your throat, huh? Yeah, that one's a little bit tougher. That one's a little <laughs> bit tougher. But yes, I am ME Zero. You are Steampunk Link. I am. We have got three games to play today. One of them is The Simpsons, Bart's Nightmare. There are also some other games as well, which uh, I'm sure are also great. <laughs> <laughs> they're uh yeah these are these are fine i guess uh, they're, you, know. you know i guess we'll just we'll just lead off and tell everybody what we are going to be talking about today so other than bart's nightmare we've got super bowling our first bowling game on the super nintendo yeah that's exciting a new sport and then we have the the classic for its cover anyway phalanx yep uh y'all know this one uh even if you never played it it's the one that had the guy playing the banjo on the cover so uh we'll talk a little bit about that and we'll also talk about the game itself which uh spoiler alert has nothing to do with that cover yeah sadly the (laughs) game itself has nothing to do with banjos or the people in overalls who play them it's too bad there but, you know, the game itself, uh, I'm sure, has has some stuff we can talk about that is not Banjo-related. Uh, we'll muddle through somehow. Yes, we will. So, uh, I guess, with all that out of the way, is there anything else we, we needed to say to open this episode? Or are we just ready to dive right in? I think let's just do it. Let, let's get down and dirty with some, some early 90s licensed game, Dreamscape. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. So, The Simpsons, Bart's Nightmare, uh, this is a side-scrolling platform game, kind of? It's kind of like a mini-game collection and also a side-scrolling platform game to some extent. Yeah. Basically, you play as Bart Simpson. He is having a nightmare where all of his homework has flown out the window and he has to catch it and retrieve it. And essentially, you walk around a tripped-out nightmare version of uh, Evergreen Terrace, the street where Bart lives. You dodge obstacles and try to snag these pages. Anytime you snag a page, which is kind of fluttering around in the wind, you get to uh, go into one of several fairly involved mini-games. And if you complete the mini-game successfully, you get the page and you get one step closer to finishing the game and waking up and seeing how Bart did on all of his homework. Uh, Spoilers, probably not very good. But we will talk more about how the game plays in just a moment. But first of all, I wanted to go into a little bit of the history of... Well, uh, this game was made by Acclaim, and we've already kind of talked about Acclaim on the show, so I actually wanted to go into the history of The Simpsons, and maybe more specifically into Simpsons games up to this point. We already talked about Krusty's Super Fun House a few episodes back, which was um, a Simpsons game that didn't start out as a Simpsons game, and and I think that maybe that's why I think that's probably going to be like the high mark for Simpsons games on the Super NES. Yeah, it might well be. (laughs) Yeah. um, The rest of these definitely were conceived of as games to capitalize on the popularity of The Simpsons, where, you know, Krusty Super Fun House started out as something a little bit different, a Lemmings-like game that eventually Acclaim decided to put a Simpsons coat of paint over. 
I, I would suspect this is not the case with Bart's Nightmare. No, I would say not. Let's talk a little bit about The Simpsons, uh, even though, like, I'm sure most folks listening to this are very aware of what The Simpsons is. <laughs> a podcast on the internet talking about The Simpsons? What? You might say we're talking Simpsons. Please don't sue us, Bob Mackie and Henry Gilbert. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if you, if you want us to be guests on your show, though, hey, uh, hit us up. They Yeah, we have got... Pretty open schedules, <laughs> as it turns out. <laughs> anyway, uh, The Simpsons. The Simpsons were created by Matt Groening, who uh, modeled the family after his own, with Bart being something of a stand-in for Groening himself. Debuted as a series of shorts as part of the Tracy Ullman show in 1987. The first episode of the actual The Simpsons proper aired on December 17th, 1989. It is still running to this day, making it the longest running American sitcom in history with 31 seasons and 672 episodes and counting. One of the longest running television series that isn't, you know, like a news show or soap opera. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those don't count. Nobody counts those. The, the last remaining soap opera fans very angry at us now. Sorry about that. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there are a lot of pretty diehard One Life to Live fans <laughs> that, that listen to this show. Yeah. Let's just get ready for, for all of that hate mail. Yes. Yeah. Another kind of amazing thing about The Simpsons is just how it became giant almost overnight, it feels like. I mean, do you remember just how big The Simpsons was? Oh, yeah, I remember. I mean, you know, I was a little bit young. I was old enough to to be watching some stuff on TV when the like the Christmas special that was that first episode aired, but I wasn't really old enough to be like a fan of the show for another couple of years, but I just remember it being an omnipresent thing, and from what I understand, it just was that from the very start, basically. And the merchandising machine, as far as I can tell, was going right from the start too like they knew that there was something here that that people people were were very into yeah and uh not just merchandising but also just advertising in general like the bart simpson butterfinger commercials i think started before the actual show did in fact i was reading something about some of those commercials i think the character millhouse actually debuted in one of those commercials really yeah like training didn't even have a name for him at the time he was just bart's friend and from what i read on the wiki he liked the character design and decided to actually incorporate him into the show because of the commercial. Man, I had no idea. That's really interesting. Yeah, it was a commercial I, I definitely remember seeing called Butterfinger Group. Want to trade lunches? No way, dude. I got each of the four food groups. Sandwich Group, Cow Group, Jungle Group, Butterfinger Group. Hey, there's no Butterfinger Group. Oh, contraire, Sorry, we are getting way off track here, but uh, it, as with anything that becomes a merchandising juggernaut like The Simpsons was, uh, video games were soon to follow, and The Simpsons saw five video games come out in 1991. The first five Simpsons games. And uh, most of them uh, heavily focused on Bart as, you know, the show was still pretty heavily focused on Bart at the time. It wasn't until a little bit later on when Homer became more of the focal point. But basically all the games, with one big exception, featured Bart as the primary character. Uh, The most well-remembered and well-loved game to come out of this year was the Simpsons arcade game from Konami. Uh, That was a beat-em-up game that could be played up to four players with each player controlling a different member of the family, uh, Bart, Marge, Homer, and Lisa. I played the crap out of this game back in the day. Yes, so did I. It was huge. It was in 
basically every arcade that I went to and everybody always wanted to play it because it just looked so good. I mean, it just looked like the show, basically. It had a lot of personality and it was a fun Konami beat-em-up game, so it was also fun to play. Yeah, I mean, looking back on it now, it looks really rough, but also like looking back on the first uh, season or so of The Simpsons, <laughs> that also looks really rough. This is going wildly off topic from what we're discussing oh, no, today, go for it. that game is weird because it was made when the first season was the only Simpsons thing that existed aside from the shorts. Yeah. So, like, it has a bunch of really weird pulls from, like, a boss character who's just some random background, like, barfly who's in, like, one shot in Moe's Tavern in that first season. You know, and there's loads of stuff like that. The Life in Hell rabbits are featured very prominently in it, which is just another different Matt Groening property, basically, that they just were like, yeah, these look fun, let's use them. It's a weird game that is significantly off-model in many ways, but it has a lot of personality, and I think that it was very appealing, certainly, to people who were fans of... uh, fans of the simpsons another interesting thing you know you mentioned the life is hell all of the simpsons characters the main four playable characters have animations for being electrocuted including marge who has bunny ears underneath her hair as i think they were toying with the idea that they would reveal that, that marge was, was one of these rabbit characters from graining's life is uh, life in hell comics yeah at some point which is is something that they quickly abandoned on the show but it's almost like a time capsule of early simpsons ideas and, and things like that and it's still like like a lot of fun to play. The stuff we're talking about here, I think, is a little bit relevant to the game we're talking about today because I, I do think that this game, if it does have anything going for it, it is the depiction of Simpsons characters and like the the overall like look of the game. So that is definitely something that it has in common in in a, in a way with the arcade game. I also just really, really like the arcade game and want to talk about it, and it's our podcast, so we yeah, can. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But anyway, so so moving along, the other game that Konami released, well, actually, that they published, it was uh, uh, was developed by Distinctive Software for the DOS platform in 1991, Bart's House of Weirdness, which looked to be another side-scrolling game. This is a game I'd actually never heard of before I'd been doing research for the show. Me either. Until you mentioned it to me, I had not heard of it at all. So from what little I've seen of the game on YouTube... It looks like it's another side-scrolling game starring Bart, of course, in which he's been grounded or or otherwise uh, relegated to his bedroom, in which he's sort of going on little flights of fancy in his imagination in different parts of the room. It's almost a little bit point-and-click adventure but mostly a uh, side-scrolling platformer. And in this game, I noticed a lot of similarities between this game and Bart's Nightmare. For one thing, uh, pretty impressive music and graphics. The, uh, the Danny Elfman theme song for The Simpsons is well represented in this game. And there are animations of like itchy and scratchy sort of up to their hijinks in the kitchen that Bart has to, you know, maneuver around. And it's it's all very reminiscent of, you know, like some of the same animations that you see on Itchy and Scratchy in a level in Bart's Nightmare as well. So it's actually making me wonder, like, I wonder if there's some connective thread here. Um, They were published by different companies, so I have no idea, but uh, it's one of those little mysteries. But anyway, we'll we'll keep moving on because we still got a lot of games to cover here. (laughs) We're still in 1991. We've got um, the acclaim made Bart versus the Space Mutants for the NES, which I think a lot of people remember. Uh, Definitely a lot of people I knew had this game. Definitely a lot of people have played it. I don't know that very many of them actually like it very much, but it is an interesting game with ideas. Mm -hmm. Uh, They just don't come together that well. That one is like an adventure game. Uh, but it's incredibly unforgiving, and it 
requires a lot of not even lateral thinking, just trying different stuff in different situations to to make things happen. But it is interesting, certainly. There's some neat ideas there, especially in that first level. I remember like there being like a lot of little tricks and items that you can use to make different events occur. But it seemed like in the later levels, it just sort of devolved into just really bog standard jump and move platforming that didn't work very well. Personally, I've never made it past that first level, so I've never seen any of that stuff. But yeah, that's my understanding, too is that basically all the cool ideas are in that first level, and then it just kind of peters out after that. These were also games that came out pretty late in the NES's life, because, I mean, like, the Super Nintendo came out in 1991, so... And on that note, we also had uh, Bart vs. the World, which came a little bit later that year on the NES, and I think that one was largely ignored just because I I think it may have came out after the Super NES did. In that year, we also had uh, Bart Simpson's Escape from Camp Deadly on Game Boy, which I definitely didn't play. Nope, nope, never. So fast forward to 1992 and we see the release of yet another four Simpsons games, nine games based on this property in two years. All of these were published by Acclaim. So we have uh, Bart versus the Juggernauts on Game Boy. Never played it. Nope. Bart meets Radioactive Man on the NES, which this would have been a very late NES title. Yeah, the third Bart something something NES game. Uh, yeah, I've never played this one. I've seen video of it. It looks dreadful, but you know. Well, if you missed out on it on the NES, you could have also picked it up on Game Gear. Oh, good. Great. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, of course we have the already talked about Krusty Super Fun House, and now that brings us finally to Bart's Nightmare. So, Bart's Nightmare, I gave a brief description of how this game sort of is set up overall at the top of this segment, but uh, do you want to talk about in more detail any of the stuff that, you know you actually do in the game we'll just start from you know what you were talking about the sort of dreamscape overworld i guess yeah 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 overworld of evergreen terrace in which you're walking around as bart you want to find his homework pages jump onto them to start a mini game the overworld is really the only place from which you can get a game over your health meter is measured in z's here's where the, the game's frustrations start for me so in the overworld nothing is just as simple as dodge enemies or attack enemies with your weapons and collect things everything has to be more complex like you can't just collect z's you have to use a consumable item the the bubble gum i think it was to hit the Z in order for it to get added to your health meter. It's just so weird. It's like, why would you do it like that? Items are collected by jumping over enemies. Like, you you know, again, it's not enough to just find them along the street and avoid enemies. You have to actually jump over the enemies, and then sometimes they'll turn into... Watermelon. You, know, you spit the seeds, I guess, to attack enemies that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's also some, like, weird event sort of things that can happen, like a fairy godmother sort of version of Lisa can come by and turn you into a frog, which you can reverse by getting ki- a kiss blown at you by one of the old ladies that's wandering around. But if you're a human Bart and you get kissed by her, it stuns you. There's a, a lot of little things I think you're just supposed to, like, kind of figure out by playing, but... It's pretty frustrating to actually, like, make any progress, because you're not really even making progress in this section, right? You're just sort of trying to find the pages. And sometimes it can go, right. you can go a long time 
between pages actually showing up. So a lot of it is yeah. just trying to survive this sort of endlessly scrolling gauntlet of, of enemies. I think that there are some neat ideas there. Like, again, the whole thing with Lisa and, and how the frog mechanic works. There's even another layer to that in which if you're being attacked by bullies and Lisa appears, she'll actually turn them into frogs instead. So like, there's a whole lot of things in which how you interact with characters and, and enemies in this overworld will depend on what Bart's status is at the time. And I, I think that there's some fun ideas there. And I think if maybe they had just leaned into that a little bit more instead of, you know, these really frustrating mechanics uh, involved in collecting things, maybe this overworld would have been, I don't know if it would have been a lot more fun, but definitely more interesting. ultimately trying to just sort of survive this area long enough to be able to get your hands on the pages so you can go into the mini games and the mini games are a very mixed bag of different genres of different mechanics uh and really of of things that are either sort of competently programmed and and put together and things that are just basically unplayable. I mean, there are some good things I could say about a lot of these mini games. Yeah. You know, for example, like the the Bartzilla mini game looks incredible. Like the the oh, yeah, giant yeah. sprite of Bart as Godzilla rampaging through this town is really impressive looking. And the and the sure. city itself is very well drawn. Really nice graphics, really good colors, some good animation in there. But the game itself is just reduced to, you know, Bart's walking to the right on his own. And um, he's more or less kind of stationary in his position on the screen, like the screen just kind of scrolls around him, if that makes sense. What you have to do is press a different button or um, direction on the D-pad to launch a different attack, depending on what sort of threat is approaching Bart. It's not very intuitive, um, and in, even when you get the controls down, it's not fun. It almost just feels like a really kind of boring rhythm game almost where, you know, okay, yeah. I see this, so I push this button and make it go away. That one is better, though, than the uh, the Temple of Maggie game, which is oh, God. this one where you are Bart as kind of an Indiana Jones-style adventurer, and you're in some kind of ancient temple where you have to jump between different squares on the ground. Uh, in order to to move forward, and that one is just impenetrable to me. I yeah. don't get how to progress in that. I don't think there's anything like interesting about it, as far as I can tell. Yeah, like every time you jump, the some of the different colored floor tiles seem to rise or sink, and the objective seems to be to not jump onto a floor tile that's just going to disappear. But I don't know that you have a good way of ever knowing which tiles are going to do that ahead of time. Yeah, right. Um, and then also, like, I, I managed to get kind of far enough in the level at one point until a background element, which I had no idea was going to happen, uh, of like a, a giant stone bust of Maggie spits out her pacifier at me and just knocks me off the thing. And I was like, well, how would I... How was I supposed to know that that was going to happen? I had no indication that was going to happen until I was at the spot where I could be hit by it. Yeah, I definitely didn't even make it that far in that one. Um, I never did well enough to get assassinated by the pacifier. Uh, I think there are, what, um, six 
or eight different mini games. Am I correct in that? I want to say I think six, maybe. Okay, there's some that are in kind of pretty recognizable genres. You know, there's there's one that's literally just like kind of a scrolling side scrolling shooter with uh, with Bart kind of in the air flying as Bartman. That one I think is probably the most playable, even though it's a pretty unspectacular bog standard scrolling shooter. There's the aforementioned one where you are trying to kill Itchy and Scratchy in your house before they kill you. That one is pretty frustrating because the characters, you know, will will just sort of, you know, eventually manifest these these kind of instant kill attacks that will just destroy you in one hit. There's a thing where you're in Bart's bloodstream, I think, and you're yeah. kind of like Dig Dug style sort of inflating viruses to make them explode, or I don't know. Um, but yeah, none of them are, I wouldn't say any of them are good, but some of them are a lot more playable than others. Um, yeah, I think that Bloodstream one was the only one in which I actually managed to snag a page out uh-huh. of. It was the only one I managed to complete. I got to what, as far as I can tell, is the end of the scrolling shooter one, but I did die to the the final boss of that. I think the one thing that you can say that's good about all of these is what we were talking about before. The, the graphics are really on point. They have a lot of Simpsons personality, a lot of kind of little references to the show in them. Um, it looks very good. Uh, it is just not a very fun game to play at the best of times, and sometimes it's really not a fun game to play. Uh, so I just looked this up. Uh, there's five mini games actually. Okay. So another thing we should mention is uh, whenever you jump on one of the homework pages, you're uh, put in an area where you can choose one of two doors, and the doors will be different colors, and the colors correspond to which minigame you're going to play. So you have some agency over what game you can play. You're, you're always given two at random to pick from. I don't know if you actually need to finish all of the games in order to get all the pages, or if you can you know, like complete the same one twice. I, I'm not entirely sure if that's how it works. Again, I couldn't get far enough in it to... To actually yeah. say for sure, like, oh, yeah, once I beat this, um, I never saw it again. I do know that some of the games have, like, different modes. So, like, I think once you complete Bartzilla section of that minigame, then in the, the next time you do it, you'll be climbing up a building where you have to, like, fight Mothra, Marge, and Homer Kong uh, at the top of a skyscraper. Um, so I, I think it might be set, like, which, you know, like, you, you'll eventually have to do them all. But, I, again, I'm not entirely sure on that. this game when I was a kid. This mm-hmm. was actually one of the first Super Nintendo games I ever played because I had a friend who had it. And, you know, I do have some built-in nostalgia specifically for this game because of that. In addition to thinking the graphics look pretty good, I do have that kind of charge of, oh yeah, this was a thing that I thought looked really cool when I was a kid. So... Mm-hmm. You know, that definitely does, I think, put a little bit of a gloss on this for me that it probably doesn't deserve. But yeah, it's not a great game. And, uh, you know, it's it would be pretty tough for me to honestly recommend this game to anybody. It's a shame because, like we said, the game does look very, very good. Um, I don't, does this game even use the Danny Elfman soundtrack? I, I'm forgetting now if it actually has. I don't know. I I. I'm not sure. It uses a bunch of kind of odd, warped versions of, of familiar-ish sounding Simpsons music. Hello, I'm Troy McClure. 
you might remember me from such interruptions as avoid third and pike due to traffic accident and yikes killer bees i'm interrupting your podcast to answer the question did this game use the danny elfman soundtrack no they did not we miss you phil hartman now back to your regularly scheduled podcast you know, I would say the the overall look of, of this game, especially the overworld Evergreen Terrace section, it kind of reminds me of Toe Jam and Earl, like the very first Toe Jam and Earl. Okay. But that, that's a better game. Yeah. Like, if you want to play a game that looks like this, but actually has some some good stuff going on in it, maybe, maybe go for that one instead. I don't think I could really recommend this game just based on the strength of, of how it looks. And, you know, I do think they were trying with this one. Like, I would say that several of those you know, Bart versus the whatever games that we talked about uh, when you were kind of running down all the mini Simpsons games from this time period, some of those absolutely just feel like they just shoved Bart into a very bog-standard platform game. Mm-hmm. And this at least feels like they were trying to do something a little more unusual with it, but you can only give them so many points for effort because this really doesn't like work very well. Even the individual pieces of this don't really work very well. I, I think this is a game where they just threw too much at the wall and, and decided that too much of it stuck and were, they were going to run with it. Like I think if they had maybe pared down the scope of the game and, and focused on just making a few different types of levels that actually work and are fun to play, you know, like I think that that, you know, like you said, the, the, shooter where you're playing as Bartman is is close to a like a functional fun shooter <laughs> that yeah maybe yeah. if like they'd focus more on that like the Bartzilla stuff like if they had made that just a more fun and engaging game yeah we could have we could have happily lost the itchy and scratchy level and the temple of maggie level right in, in the interest of making the other three mini games you know, work better and be more fleshed out. Yeah, I think, you know, if they had just found ways to make those work and just maybe incorporated more levels featuring those gameplay modes, I think we'd have a better game. But it is a real shame because, again, like, it really looks the part. You see a lot of love in the the art in this game. And, you know, and I, it's one of those things where sometimes I wonder, like, is it even fair to really praise the art too much because they are just kind of going off of assets that already exist? You know, they didn't come up with that themselves. I mean, they didn't come up with the aesthetics themselves but they did certainly do a good job of translating that into into sprite art yeah definitely and doing stuff with it that you know was i think more than like the bare minimum of what they had to to make this look like the simpsons to some extent i think that is worthy of praise it's just a shame the rest of the game is really not up to that standard in in any way so yeah i I definitely again want to say hey good job on the art but then also like the more cynical side of me is like, yeah, good job making a game that produces a really, really pretty screenshot for magazines in the back of the box, tricking people sure. into thinking that they needed to pick up this not very fun Simpsons game. <laughs> but again, maybe maybe I'm being too cynical there. I don't know. Well, let's go ahead and see where we want to put this on the list, because yeah. I think that we've kind of gone up and down across this one and, and hopefully given everyone a, a, a good sense of how we th- what we think about this sort of messy game yeah i feel like um, we, we've we've gone through this one with a fine-tooth comb at this point i, I think we can yeah yeah like it. so as far as like license stuff goes I, I mean the obvious you know first comparison would be Krusty's super fun house which right now sits at number 40 is that correct yeah which yeah. is quite high really um this is not nearly as good as that you know i think that goes without saying that yeah this one should 
should go lower, I think. We have kind of a glut of licensed stuff, really bad licensed stuff right at the end of the list. You know, down where we've got The Rocketeer, Robocop 3, and Home Alone, Ultraman, all of those things. I would say this is this is better than those. Oh, yeah, I think this is considerably better than those. I mean, if nothing else, yeah. like, the art alone shows just so much more effort put into this product than any of mm-hmm. those games had. Yeah, for sure. Uh, obviously, we've got We've we've got a range of about half the list here between Krusty's uh, Super Fun House and <laughs> and that that little splotch of licensed games there at the end. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, somewhere between there, somewhere between yeah, forty somewhere and between seventy, there. maybe. <laughs> so I'm kind of looking in the range of like Kablooey to Zardion, you know, like sixty nine to seventy one. I think that that may be where where I would I would think this game comes to rest. Uh, I, mean, I think I like this more than, like, say, Gary Kitchen's Super Battle Tank. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, going up from there, then, where, where, would you, where would you think the kind of the ceiling for this game is? I think the ceiling is definitely Super Ghouls and Ghosts. I do not think this okay. is a better game than Super Ghouls and Ghosts. That's fair, I think. I mean, Wheel of Fortune... I think my, my primary uh, complaint with Wheel of Fortune was that even this version was a step down from like the NES version that I remember playing as a kid because like the production values just weren't there. Yeah. It's very bare bones for sure. And that's definitely not something you could lob at this game as a criticism. This game actually is, is pretty well embellished in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, it's also trying to do more than wheel of fortune. Um, I think it's fair to say because yeah. wheel of fortune was, you know, didn't, didn't really have a lot of, of, of work ahead of it to translate the the rules of of that game show into a video game um and this right. game you know it's all these different genres all these different ideas um yeah you know i mean you know, it, it okay. really works very well but it's all there really fast like going back to wheel of fortune like wheel of fortune is basically just hangman and hangman is maybe like one of the most basic things that like <laughs> everybody programs when they are learning to code <laughs> So like, yeah, so you can't really <laughs> give it a lot of praise for what it is. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's an overly uh, sim- simplified and cynical way of looking at it, but I don't know. I, I, that just kind of ah, uh, you know, you're not wrong though. I mean, it's Hangman. <laughs> so is it? Does this go below Wheel of Fortune? Then you think? So the question, I guess, is: Does the fact that it's clearly trying harder than Wheel of Fortune put it above Wheel of Fortune, even though it's kind of a broken mess, or right below it? Uh, I think above or below is probably is probably the way to go. But I mean, like at, at the end of the day, Wheel of Fortune is still like a functional version of Wheel of Fortune. That is true. That is true. So yeah, I think that I'm pretty comfortable then putting it below Wheel of Fortune and above and above Clue. Yeah, we've definitely talked a lot about how Clue is sort That's of not really the way to do that game. Yeah, it, it's almost not functional as a game of Clue because it requires the player to do something outside of the game. So does this go between Wheel of Fortune and Clue? You think? I think so. I think that that okay. appeals right to me. Congratulations to the Simpsons. You've you've really made it when you're in our top 70. That's how you know the Simpsons have made it. That's right. Nothing else, just that. All right. Well, uh, we have talked 
a lot of Simpsons today. We've talked so much Simpsons. I think we're going to make this its own episode, kind of like we did with the, uh, oh, what was it, Street Fighter? Street Fighter, yeah. yeah. This game is not as good as Street Fighter. But... Not as good a game as Street Fighter, but uh, The Simpsons was worth talking about all, all, all together, I think, for, for this amount of time. So, yeah, I think yeah, so. Um, so yeah, next time uh, we are going to be looking at the other two games that were originally on the docket to talk about today, Super Bowling and Phalanx. So please look forward to that. We certainly will. Yeah, we definitely will. So, you know, I mean, I guess since this episode is ending up a little bit shorter, just because we're going to cut it off at, at one here, um, any other any other things you want to say about The Simpsons, video game or otherwise? After this initial glut of Simpsons games from the first couple of years of when they were really pushing it hard there weren't actually a ton of simpsons games after this for a long time and of those you know the track record is honestly still not that good but there are a few standouts in there um in particular i think that a lot of people have fondness for uh the simpsons hit and run which was yeah. the playstation 2 kind of grand theft auto ish open world simpsons game and I don't know what it would take at this point to make a really good Simpsons game, personally. It's a good question. I'm not really sure that The Simpsons, as it exists right now, is a thing that anybody who, who works there is in a, a great position to to really get to the heart of it and be a valuable creative consultant on like a, a great Simpsons game, but... Maybe, you know? Well, you know, uh, here's what I would say to that topic is that uh, last year we had a fan-made Ninja Turtles brawler come out that was sort of like a celebration uh -huh. of, like, a lot of old Turtles media, but particularly, like, the video games and the cartoons and things like that. Yeah. I think somebody going back and making a new Simpsons brawler that recognizes more of the Simpsons history while still having that reverence for the original game would maybe be like the best way to represent the Simpsons now. I, I really can't think of a better way of doing it. I think you're probably right. I definitely do want a game where I can play as Cletus the Slackjawed Yokel. So, sure, yeah. Uh, you know, that would be great, I think. That or a card battler, maybe. Oh, please, no. We, there's no. too many of them. There's too many <laughs> card battlers. I'm okay. sorry, but, you know, in, in five years, we're all going to look back and be like, why the heck were there so many card battlers <laughs> at the turn of the, the, the uh, at the end of that decade? Like, seriously, what was the thing there? How about Simpsons Go, where you're, you're catching different Simpsons characters as you walk around ah. a virtual Springfield? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see this. It's like, oh, I found uh, a squeaky this... voice teen. Oh, uh, uh, Dr. Hibbard. Go, Chief Wiggum, I choose you. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I found a shiny Barney. <laughs> <laughs> if you find a shiny Smithers, does that just mean, like, it's the black Smithers from that first episode? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> No, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. I, I've, I've got... Okay, no. So not, not Chief Wiggum, yeah. but Ralph Wiggum. I, I choo-choo choose him. You choo-choo choose me? Ooh, you did it. You I did, did it. it. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, my goodness. You guys, never mind. We're just going to stay here another hour and just theorycraft Bad yeah. Simpsons games. <laughs> That's right. You can see if you if you freeze frame, you can see the exact moment where the episode peaked <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs>
Oh, uh, I, I, The Simpsons just brings this out in me. I love talking about old Simpsons yeah. stuff, and you know, I I have not seen the show in a long time because I haven't really like had regular TV in a very long time. I am mad that The Simpsons will probably be the reason I will eventually have to get a Disney Plus subscription, and I uh, absolutely hate it. But I watched like half of season seven on Disney Plus like yesterday, actually. Oh, did you? So, like, yeah, just, you know, for no reason, really. I was just like, oh, that's a good episode. And then it turned out all the episodes after it were also good. So, yeah. That is the thing, is that, like, it, for as much as people, you know, talk about how, like, there's a point where The Simpsons just isn't nearly as good. and I mean, it, and it's it's funny that, like, for as huge a thing as The Simpsons was right out of the gate, like, it was never... Like the biggest show, you know, like ratings wise or anything like that. Not or really. It was never. It, really. it was never. No, it was never Friends or the Cosby Show or one right. of those things. You know. Yeah. So, and and I think maybe that's also like a big reason why there weren't a lot of video games for it after that huge glut of games that came out at, at the beginning. But I th- do think that like a week episode of The Simpsons is still like better than you know like maybe ninety percent of television history. There was definitely like a, a period where everybody's like, yeah, The Simpsons has been going on a while, but like I'd still rather watch a not as good as it used to be Simpsons than like most of what else is on TV right now, like in the in the mid to late nineties. That definitely was a thing, yeah, yeah. for I've got like seasons two and three on DVD that I managed to just find at thrift stores, which uh-huh. I got season three, which means I've got that banned Michael Jackson episode. Oh yeah, you do. Good job. I obtained it. You got it. It's 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 safe in your vault, if not it, yes. anywhere else. Right? Yeah. So if anybody wants to know what all the fuss was about, you just you just contact me on Twitter. We'll arrange a meeting time where we can watch the forbidden episode. You know, we'll, we'll probably need to do it underground somewhere where the the Disney stormtroopers can't find us. Disney could have That's literal right, yeah. stormtroopers now, and they could actually. <laughs> oh yeah. man, oh, this is going off the rails. We should probably stop here. <laughs> we should probably stop. Uh, but I think this has been good. Yeah, I think yeah. This is this has been you know the the twisted world of snescapades thank you all very much yep. and um we will see you next time we will see you next time with phalanx and super bowling so uh thanks a lot for listening hope you guys enjoyed this little trip down uh evergreen terrace as much as we have <laughs> until next time <laughs> i'm steampunk link i'm emmy zero play it loud Our intro-outro song is How Now Brown Cow by Technoaxe, who very generously offers a ton of great music for free and royalty-free at technoaxe.com. That's T-E-K-N-O-A-X-E dot com. No house. No luck, that kid. Yeah. No luck. He gets no respect. Yeah. He's like a little tiny bespectacled... Uh, Oh, what is Rodney it? Rodney Dangerfield? Yes. Oh, my God. How am I? I'm spacing on... I mean, on, Larry uh... Burns? <laughs> Larry Burns? <laughs> right, right, yeah.